With social distancing in place, kids are home from school, and many of us who used to drive to the office every day are now logging in to start our workday without ever leaving the house. While you may have taken a digital literacy class, it's unlikely you've ever been prepared to not only work remotely, but thrive at it. Our guest today is a remote work guru who has created a fun and quick way to quiz yourself on how well you know the communication and collaboration tools that are essential to remote work. Welcome to the Burt Force Podcast. Our show helps active duty military spouses plan virtual careers. Each week, we'll be uncovering the secrets of virtual work to help get you hashtag hired. If you want income sustainable from anywhere in the world, this is the show for you. We're bringing you everything from juicy job opportunities to advice on how to glow up for a virtual interview. And now let's meet our host. She's the change maker responsible for getting over 700 military spouses hashtag hired and making a $15 million impact in the military community. Burt Force founder, professional speaker, remote staff augmentation specialist, visionary. Here's our host, Kimber Hill. In this week's episode, we're talking about how to make sure you are digital skills ready for the remote workforce. We've got an incredible guest to help us connect the dots between remote work and digital skills. Let's learn a little bit about her. First, she's been playing the French horn for 21 years, including four years in the Army bands. She's proud of the work that she does to change the mindset in military spouses from job to job hopping to a remote career. She's the head of organizational development at Instant Teams, and her life mission is helping others and seeing them grow and succeed. She's also the one who designed the digital skills readiness quiz linked in our show notes. Please get your ears ready to receive from Anne Shones. Hi, Anne. Great to have you. Hi, Kimber. Thanks for having me on today. We're going to have a really great conversation. I know you and I have previously talked about the digital skills readiness quiz and how important it is for remote workers. So I'm excited for you to bring your wisdom and your thought process to our listeners today. Sure. And I I think it's a new territory really that we're getting into these days with the prevalence of remote work. So what I see digital readiness is It's the next step after what some of you may have heard of uh, digital literacy. And that's kind of how to use the internet, how to use the internet safely, how to do basic research on the internet. Sometimes it's about basic office tools uh, like Microsoft Word, et cetera. But it really doesn't come up to the rising tide of remote work. It It leaves people back at the tree line and they can't get, they can't bridge that gap. Because knowing how to use the internet doesn't necessarily prepare you for jumping into a remote job and feeling confident about your skills. Digital readiness is those collaboration tools, those communication tools, and those project tools that help you build that foundation so that you can succeed in your work. You don't have to think about what tools you're using 
while you're using them. You can, you can learn to feel natural with that. And that's really where your best work comes out. Think about a beginner violin player. They, they're very concentrated on what their fingers are doing or what their bow is doing. But later, once they master that, that's when they really can concentrate on making the music out of it. And so that's, that's what I want to provide for everyone to feel comfortable enough with their, with their remote work tools that they don't have to think about them. They can just do the best work that they are already capable of and they're not being held back by those tools. Absolutely. And they're career ready for a job that's completely done from the computer. Exactly. It, it's, it's to make you understand maybe your weak points as well as, yes, making you confident that, that if you do get a remote job, you are ready to go. So immediately as we're talking about this, I have some ideas of what some of the digital tools are, but I would really love to know from you, what are the digital tools that you need to know? for successful remote work? That's a great question. These tools are things that you might have used before, but we're going to be using them in maybe a slightly different way than you used them before, or we're going to incorporate some other ones that might be new to you. So there's communication. That's going to be your office chat tool. So some of you might be familiar with Microsoft Teams. Microsoft. Uh, I love Teams. Oh yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> Slack is out there. Some some people use some more expansive options. There's Skype. There's even Discord, which is actually for video games. It's actually it, because it's free. Some some projects use that tool as well. So uh, that also includes web conferencing. So that's your Zoom calls. Your again, Microsoft Teams has video conferencing. So a lot of these tools can be in the same general suite, and that some companies like that because it's all in one. Some companies prefer to use piecemeal tools because that way they can kind of customize their their suite to fit the company best. And when I'm speaking to these tools, it's getting enough understanding of one of them that you'll be able to transfer that knowledge to other, other similar tools. So I'm most familiar with Slack, but I feel confident that I could jump into Microsoft Teams I know the basic structure of an office chat system. I know how to tag people. I know about channels or groups. And so if I see those similar functions in that tool, I'm already going to start to understand how it's organized and the basic etiquette of using those tools within that system. As far as communication tools, that also includes email. And you'll run into companies that they use email as their chat tool, which I, I uh, personally am not a fan of. I'm sure there's people out there who have 20 plus long email chains of people just saying, yeah, okay. Hey, how's this going? Yeah. <laughs> and that's really where that office chat tool comes in. Along that line, we also have collaboration tools mm-hmm. that can be a lot of things. Um, some of that is that office suite And that can be Microsoft Office, that can be Apple iWork, that can be Google uh, Tools, Google Suite. Uh, But that can also be stuff like Trello uh, and some other project management tools. It kind of bleeds into the other. But really, so it's what I see as this particular collaboration space is those creation tools, really. That's where you're, you're creating your documents, you're creating presentations, you're creating that content and having it be in the cloud is so, so much of an important benefit in remote work because you can have people come check in. You can share it really easily. You don't have to worry about, oh, can you open this document? 
because it's the wrong format. And then next is project management. That's going to be Basecamp, Asana, Trello, Monday. And it those are the formal project management tools. But again, sometimes companies will use uh, like Microsoft Office as their project management tool, even like a spreadsheet. And that might be a little bit different than you're used to. But again, it's it's understanding the purpose of it and the functions of it and then applying that to that new that new system wherever you're jumping into. So if I know a project management tool has has deadlines and it has maybe subtasks, if you see that in a spreadsheet format, you should be able to catch on pretty easily. And if you go over to something like Basecamp, you'll see as mm-hmm. well that they have main projects, subtasks, you can assign things. Right. It's that general it's that general broad understanding of that type of tool that that digital readiness is trying to get you to. Right, understanding the purpose of what that tool is for. For sure. And I think once you understand the purpose, you can see that tool built out in different software formats and intuitively or natively understand how you're supposed to be using it. Exactly. But if you're not prepared, if you're not prepared for that and you've never spent any time studying it, you can end up in a remote job and think, oh my goodness, I hate this. This is not for me. I'm never going to be able to catch on. And I've seen this happen over and over again with military spouses who come from working in an office or or maybe haven't been in the remote workplace before and then step into it and become very overwhelmed. So what I love that we're doing is we're talking about these categories of tools that you need to learn, but Anne's also going to be providing a free download for this episode that's going to include learning resources for what these tools are and where you can go to learn them. I have a list of learning resources, yeah. So I want to learn Google Docs where do I go? What do I do? Like, what is that free learning material that's out there? But again, going back to, you know, being prepared and understanding what the remote work landscape looks like for you, the digital space, and then understanding how that fits into your everyday life. So it's a little bit of work-life balance, digital skill balance with your life you know, fitting it into how you're going to do the job and fitting it into everyday life. So how can that be challenging with remote work? I think the majority of people coming into remote work don't understand how easy it is to overwork, to work too much, because suddenly, suddenly your work is there. And that project that you might have thought about in the evening from work previously, suddenly it's, it's at your fingertips. It's able, you're able to work on it as needed. Uh, and so because those physical boundaries are gone, you really have to draw those digital boundaries and those work-life balance with notifications and understanding with your supervisor on what you need to be successful in your own work-life balance. And that's really, that's different for everybody. Uh, I know people who work, uh, they have very weird schedules. They'll work a little bit in the morning, they'll work a little bit at night. I know people that work 10 hours straight and then maybe they have a day of the week that they take it a little bit easier. Uh, it's really up to you to decide what, how you work best and then communicating that to your, your employer so that you can be your own advocate about that. Yeah, I do find that 
especially when I'm working with team members across multiple time zones, I have to ask my team to please tell me what your designated work schedule is going to be. Here's mine. And if I email you outside of that, don't feel pressured to open it, especially since I'm on the East Coast and several of my team members are on Pacific Standard Time. If I email them at 8 a.m., which is great for me, right, that's coming through at 4 a.m. for them. And I never want them to feel pressured to open or respond to an email at 4 a.m. And it's you really have to identify what that work-life balance is going to be. And I know it is so tempting when you start a new position, you really want to be overzealous, show up, let people know you're there. And I, I think you can end up working yourself into a habit of not setting those boundaries. And it's important to set those boundaries early on so you don't experience burnout because burnout is bad for everybody. Definitely. And I mean, we at Instant Teams, we have people working on the East Coast. We have people who are in Hawaii. We have a team member in Guam. So, and that's just in our internal team, uh, our, our, our team at large, we have people all around the globe. So it, we've instituted something that we have called a digital human notice at the bottom of our emails. So all of our, all of our team emails go out and they say, Hey, we are working at the time that's best for us right now, but we're all working from around the world. So this time might not be the best for you. So just respond when it's convenient and when you're on your clock. So. Uh, the purpose of that being that we want people to feel comfortable saying no or saying that they're putting their putting their notification down and I'll deal with that later. Yeah. And I think it's just as important for you to know how to mute your apps too. All of my apps are integrated on my cell phone as well as on my computer. And at a certain point during the day, I mute my notifications and say, this is my mental health break where I'm going to just sure. spend time with my family. Uh, but I do see that digital human notice every time I email back and forth with you or Erica or someone else at Instant Teams. And I appreciate that. I think it's a very valid point. So for people who enjoy going to the office, I get this question a lot. Are they going to feel isolated when they're working remotely? And what are some tips that you have where they can find that same kind of camaraderie that they might find in an in-person office environment? So... I think a lot of people struggle with transitioning to remote work and we're seeing like such a giant wave of that right now, just because of the pandemic. So it's not, I don't want anyone out there to feel like they are uh, not keeping up by, by struggling with that transition. So we've just shoved a whole bunch of civilian office workers into remote work. So your transition into remote work is equally a struggle to theirs. and. And the thing that I see, though, is that military spouses in general are more resilient than the population at large. You've been moved around so often. You are used to last minute changes. You are always living on your toes. So you're ready to kind of pick up things quickly. And I think military spouses, and this is a little bit unfortunate, are already isolated. They're already a little bit far away from their friends and family, even the friends you make at a previous duty station, as soon as you move, you're already starting at zero again. It can be hard to start in a remote job, especially if you feel like you're an extrovert or if you're, even if you're not an extrovert, even if you're just the person who is that office butterfly, maybe you just enjoy making those mm -hmm. friendships at the office. So in the remote space, 
there really has to be a conscious effort from that company to create that culture in that remote space. And at Instant Teams, we have community management going on in our Slack. We have engagement programs. We have wellness challenges going on. We have so many purposeful efforts to make that a little bit more of a community and to kind of mirror what you might feel in a physical office. That being said, it's never going to totally fill that need for those people who who need that social physical connection. So those people, my advice to those people is to find that energy elsewhere where you can. Absolutely. And I, I know I hear of other military spouses co-working together. That's true. And that's a little difficult now with COVID. But if you if you have a close friend circle where you feel safe in that environment, meeting up with other military spouses who are working together. I love that you guys do the Slack channel. I think it's a great idea to kind of have a fun thread that's running all day, every day where people can come in and post levity. They can come in and share memes or things that they think are funny. One of the things that we like to do at VertForce is talk about our dogs as our coworkers. And we just talk about what our coworker did today. Like my coworker ate my lunch. (laughs) (laughs) So we have a lot of fun just making silly puns like that with each other. It's a great way to lighten the mood and let your other coworkers know that you're there. Yeah, I agree. And there's outside of military spouses too. And again, when we're not in a health crisis, uh, there are co-working spaces out there that are really affordable. You can rent them hourly. You can rent them like one day a week. And what that does is it's great for networking. It creates a space where you can take physical meetings if you need to. And you kind of get the, you see the same people every day you go in there. And I mean, they're everywhere. I moved, uh, my husband just retired. So we moved back to Iowa, which is definitely the middle of nowhere. And there's like two co-working spaces in this town. So I was very surprised at that. That's awesome. Uh, One other thing that I've seen take off in the past couple of months is a couple of our lead team members have just volunteered their time to start running virtual coffee sessions just sporadically through the week. I'm seeing about two per week pop up and they show up on our calendar. You just pop in and no work is being talked about. You know, it's all just socializing and spending 30 minutes on the call, getting to know your coworkers. But that's been very successful for us. And I I like that. I liked seeing it happen. I love that. And the really that's necessary. I, I think some, obviously not you, but some bosses might look at that and be like, oh, what a waste of time and company. They could be working, but really uh, you need that. Yeah, you you need, like that's part of being a human being and being successful at work is getting a little bit recharged and then going back. And plus the more bonded you feel to your team, the more you're going to work well together. Yeah. And I think it increases loyalty to loyalty sure. to the company and the brand. And, um, you know, if you're happy, It's going to show in your work. I've learned so much. And this is such an important topic, especially now with so many Americans working from home. When we return from the break, we'll chat more about the digital skills needed for the remote work environment. Okay, military spouses, let's take a moment to hear from our power partners over at Instant Teams. Instant Teams knows you're a real force to be reckoned with. You're flexible, resilient, and you've acquired a unique set of skills. So why is finding a sustainable, portable career so difficult? 
Well, with Instant Teams, it doesn't have to be. Join the 100% remote workforce today to get connected to a customer success, marketing, or administrative position that works for you. Visit instantteams.com today to get started. Need help with your resume? Vertforce has your back. Listen to our Resume Bootcamp series, which covers episodes 47 through 60 of this show. Play them in chronological order to build a winning resume tailored to the virtual job market. Resume Bootcamp also offers a subscription-based online course and private community. Learn how you can opt in to our live trainings and resume critiques at bit.ly forward slash VF hyphen BC. We're back talking with Ann Shones about digital skill readiness for remote work. Let's jump back in. Anne, why is it important to physically separate your communication and collaboration tools like Slack from your personal tools like Facebook Messenger? That's a great question. And we get that question a lot from newer people that come into remote work is how do I organize my digital space? I put a lot of thought into that and something that I like to label it as is your remote work environment. And what that is, just a fancy name that I can abbreviate in documents to make it easier to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) But what that means at its core is separating on your computer, uh, your work digital space from your personal digital space. So that could look like logging into separate instances of Windows. Uh, If you're a Windows user, you could have separate logins. Uh, You'll have to forgive me. I am not familiar with Mac so much. So uh, I'm sure they have separate logins as well, like logging into the system, your computer. Uh, You could also have separate uh, browser logins. So for me, that's what I use. So I have one Chrome instance is logged in. And I'm talking about the whole browser. If you go up in the corner, you can actually sign into your browser. So one is my personal email and the other is signed into my work email. What that does is at the end of the day, I can close that whole browser window and I don't get any notifications anymore. It's not popping up in when I'm looking at my at my screen. I'm not notified to look at anything that's work related. So it really allows me to kind of put work down. It goes the other way with the personal browser. You can keep it closed during work time. I don't close it. I use it kind of as the Pomodoro method, just where you do kind of work sprints. So that's where I kind of use my personal space is, is I'll do like a work sprint and then I'll go watch like five minute YouTube video and have a drink of coffee or whatever. And then I'll go back and it, it helps me kind of refresh. But that's what works for me. And and the most important part about the remote work environment is that it's it's catered to you and what you're using already. It could be that you need two separate computers. Maybe you have an office computer and you have a smaller computer or tablet that you keep in your living space. And that's what you need to feel that separation. And that's the most important part is that you feel like you can you can put it away. You're not going to get those notifications outside of what you have deemed your work hours. That's what's going to keep you sane. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that goes back to 
it, it it's almost hand in hand with setting your office hours and putting some invisible limits around when you're going to be available. And what you're talking about too is how you're going to be available and how are you going to manage your availability? Because you can say till you're blue in the face, I'm going to work from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. every day. But if you're getting emails and Teams messages or Slack messages outside of that and you're responding, you're not really keeping the office hours that you've set for yourself. And the only person who is suffering from that is you. So you being able to control that environment is incredibly important. So Anne, why is it important to not only know the tool, not only know your project management tool or know your communication tool, but also know how the company uses it? I think that hurts a lot of people's confidence about the tools that they're using because they might have used Slack as like their WeChat or whatever that they're they're just speaking with their friends. And that's going to have a completely different etiquette than a workplace Slack. Maybe you get into a new position and you are on that Slack, but you're not going to feel confident about speaking up or being candid in the way that you can communicate best your ideas and your, your work because you're unsure of whether you're going to be breaking some unsaid rule. So I would recommend as soon as you get into a, a remote position, feeling out what the etiquette is, find someone, either someone who's training you, someone who onboarded you, find someone who can kind of clue you into what those unwritten rules are. And if you don't have that, just, uh, I would just say, like, observe, like how for Slack, for example, they, they have an at channel and that notifies everybody in that channel. And you might have channels with one hundred plus people in them. So if you add channel on that channel and it's something that's not very urgent and applicable to everybody, then that that's going to start annoying people. That's something you can you can look for. Like how are how are the current users using that particular feature? Another common thing that is Slack etiquette or Teams etiquette, I guess chat etiquette is response time. You have to kind of feel out does your company want you to respond within 10 seconds? Can you respond within an hour, even though you might be available, but you're finishing up a project? Some companies are very strict about the away messages, like please put up a, an away icon when you're out eating lunch for 10 minutes. So it's that system of rules. This is the way to be savvy about stepping into a new remote role right, or stepping into any new company is trying to pay attention to how they use things. At Vertforce, we have an an availability policy that talks about how we use our chat and how we use our tagging features, but not everybody's going to have that. And that's not always a luxury that you're going to have. And you may not even have any kind of communication platform. Maybe your boss just says, text me if you need something. In which case, I want to encourage you to be bold and say, hey, I think that it might be better if we do adopt a platform like Slack. And you take the initiative to learn how to use it. But you may be stepping into an environment where these tools are in place, but you can't seem to find any policy or written regulations on how to use the tool, in which case you just have to be observant about how your team members are using it. That doesn't necessarily mean don't use it and don't adopt it, right? You've got to get your feet wet and it's okay. There's going to be a grace period there for you. Identify, are the replies being threaded or are the replies coming in one after another into the general chat space? It's important for you to have the know-how and just the, the fortitude to be able to pick up on the trends, you know, use context clues on what your other 
associates and team members are doing. Those are great points. <laughs> uh, and don't be intimidated by it either, right? I mean, everybody does it differently. So it's one of those things where you just have to accept that and and figure it out once you get there. And I like what you said previously in a prior conversation that some organizations offer mentors. So your mentor can guide you along the lines of how to use the tool. And what do you hope listeners have gained from today's conversation? I think my biggest advice for people who are worried about jumping into new technology is to be curious about it. Look, look in the menus, dig into the settings. You're 99% of the time not going to break anything. And if you are, it's going to pop up something that says, are you sure you want to, are you sure you want to break this thing? You have to have that spirit of learning in order to bridge to that that comfort feeling where you feel like you know that tool very well because when you're leaving st- when you're leaving stones unturned in a tool that adds to that kind of mysterious like uh, I don't know if I can do this or I should do this because I, I I don't know if it is a thing that works in this and it feeds that timid feeling of, about tools. If you get invited to a Google Doc for the first time, for example, I would create a separate document and just play around with it. You can start typing right away. So it's very it's very quick to get into. And then as you kind of explore around you, you'll see that there's a lot of advanced features that you might not even need to use normally. You can learn over time to, to help you become more efficient. And eventually, maybe you'll be teaching your coworkers about those features. In the age that we live in now, we're only really a YouTube video away, a tutorial, or a Google search away. And really, some of the most tech-savvy people you know might just be really great at Googling. How do I split the page on a Google Doc? searching that, implementing it, but then next time they know how to do it. Yeah. I love that we live in this just-in-time learning environment. Anything you need to know is readily available on YouTube at your fingertips. You just have to have that curious uh, mindset to dive in there and dig it out. When you're working on a project, uh, especially something that's pushing your boundaries, that's the perfect time. That is when your brain is, is going to file that away in long-term storage because you're using it right at that moment. You have learned a bite-sized piece of knowledge, you've implemented it and your brain says, I need to hang on to this. And if that means that you don't have a Google project right now, try to create one, do do something that you've been thinking about, maybe building out a business idea or whatever it is that, uh, putting a family calendar together, but doing that's gonna stretch your, your digital skills as you go, yeah. I completely agree. And when you find yourself in that zone where you're a little uncomfortable, that's when you're growing. That's when you're learning. And that's when you're building skills that are going to be with you forever. I agree. And how can listeners learn more about digital readiness? There's a ton of tools out there. A lot of the companies have their own tutorials. There's also a lot of free courses out there as well. And there's people on on YouTube who can talk to their expertise on different tools. And that's just finding someone who you like listening to or who makes sense to you. Uh, Instant Teams also has our digital readiness quiz. And that can be found at instantteams.com slash remote prep. What that does, it's just very few questions. I think it's eight questions that ask you to gauge your comfort level with these tools that you can identify. Are you, are you comfortable enough with all these tools that you could jump in right away? Are you 
kind of comfortable, but you might need to do some of these things we talked about, which is playing around with the tools to ramp up your confidence. Or are you feeling kind of disconnected from the remote tool space? Do you feel like you don't know where to start? Once you take that quiz, we have additional resources that we'll be sending your way. We just did a webinar series that we'll be sending out parts of that to help people as well. Listeners, you heard it straight from Anne Shones herself. Go take the digital readiness quiz from Instant Teams. That is going to be linked in the show notes. Uh, and Instant Teams may share a webinar with you based on your results that may help you in improve your digital readiness. And it's been really fun chatting with you today. I know this information will help anyone looking to ramp up their digital skills for a remote career. You've certainly made me curious about what other tools are out there. I'm going to take the quiz myself to see just how digitally ready I am. I'm really curious. And thanks again for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Listeners, if you would like to connect with Instant Teams, you can find them on Facebook and Twitter at instant underscore teams, LinkedIn, linkedin.com slash company slash instant hyphen teams. And you can find Anne personally on LinkedIn, linkedin.com slash in slash Anshones. That's A-N-N-E. S-C-H-O-N-S. Don't forget to take the quiz. That URL is linked in the show notes now. All right, Burt Force, that is it for this episode. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe, rate our podcast, and leave us a review. We really love hearing from you. If you need to find the show notes, which include all of the resources we discussed in this episode, you can find those at furtforce.us. Guys, I'm serious when I say we want to hear from you. If you have an idea for an episode or a question, email us at support at As a reminder, all content associated with the Vertforce podcast is the intellectual property of Vertforce LLC. All right, catch you next week.